Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Once more, very good evening and a warm welcome to this evening's edition of Talking Point. Well, we are on the verge of going on a journey, a journey to Hajj. And that has, for the past many weeks, been presented by Sheikh Ibrahim Abram. Sheikh, in fact, in studio with us now. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran once more for joining us. Pleasure, Rahman. privilege having you here. And particularly on this journey, journey of a lifetime. Sheikh, as I always ask, you know, um, a little bit of a background to where we ended the last time. Just refresh our memories again. ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته to all the listeners out there all thanks and praise due to Allah Lord and creator and sustainer of all of us and love and salam and peace and blessings on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the last and final messenger whom Allah have shown as sent to this earth to guide humanity to become the best of human beings to show them how to live this world and how to be able to fire this world, get the best of rewards for this for, the, for this world and for the year after. May Allah grant us to be amongst them. Amen. Peace and Amen. blessings upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Amen. 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 The Jamil, your question as to where we've been. We've been on this journey of Hajj, and this part we've gone to the Hajj of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In our last lesson, Tajamil, we managed to have gone from Muzdalifa, from the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, taking the Sahaba radiallahu anhum on the eighth day from Muzdalifa, and spend the night at Muzdalifa, and having to go off to 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 to, to, to Arafah the next May day. We've said, and we ended off. We said the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is before the eight, the five raka'a, the five five awqat of Dur, Asr, Maghrib, and Isha and Fajr there, and in the morning of the Fajr, before the sunrise, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam left Mina, left Mina to go to Arafah, and the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam had a tent set up on, sent off the people to have a tent set up on Arafah to be able. We 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 today is Masjid Namira on Arafah. They at that point at the, in the front point of it, there is where the tent was of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now I do know that the size of Masjid Namira is extensive. It's massive today. It's not the whole Masjid. It's right in front, a tent for the Nabi himself and his family only. One of his families, it was placed with him there, right? And the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam then travelled all the way from Mina, the morning of the tenth uh, of the of uh, Yom Arafah on the ninth day. The Nabi travelled all the way from Mina up to 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 Arafah when he got to where the tent was set for him. And the tent was set right at what we call the the the, the, the what was in Afrikaans the Barkan, um, on the borders Border. of on the borders of. The Haram, meaning just over the Haram, you just outside the Haram, you get into the Halal, the Halal ground, the 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 uh, general general ground everywhere else in the world. So there is the tent was the tent was set up with the Nabi in the Haram area, but the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and everybody else was around the tent of the Nabi, and the Nabi told them sallallahu alaihi wasallam told them, do not get into the Haram 
the, on the side of, of, of the Bakken. Um, stay on that, that side where you are, not on the haram ground, because that side is Arafah, up to where the mountains is, not the side. And told everybody to be that side. But when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to rest, he went to rest there, and he rested for the whole morning of Arafah. And I think it's imperative to note, this is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, your and my role model, when you and I need to do this ibadah. And one important factor he continuously said to us, take your pattern of hajj from me. And what did we, the Nabi do that morning? All he did, all as the best of creation, all as the role model for all of us, what he did, he went to rest. Why? Why did the Nabi go and rest that morning? Why did he not go and go into contemplation of Allah, making extra thikrs and all this, that and the other? Why not? You know why? Simply because you will need all the time, the moment it comes to the waqt of zawal, from there onwards right through until the next morning for Fajr, you will have to be active, active mentally and physically active with ibadah. And the toll is going to be so great upon you, so heavily loaded. That if you do not prepare yourself with resting your physical and your mental body, then you might overdo and miss out on the processes of what is the best of time. So I'm not saying this because I want you to be able to not do this, that, and the other, but I'm trying to let us understand. If you want to take an example, Allah says He is the best example for your dunya and for your akhirah, for all of us, right? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is our best example. In everything he's going to do, and especially on Hajj, in his example, he showed us when you get onto Arafah, you rest the morning, you take total rest. You had proper sleep, you had a way that you can rest, and you had weg, and you sit near your eight medinas a day in a bezarity, because this is what our Nabi did. He left everything until it came the walk of Zawal, and then he called for his camel to be brought and his water for Zamzam, for, for Wudu, and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa took Wudu, and then the Nabi got onto his camel, and then the Nabi faced the people, and he God gathered them all together, and he did the Talbiyah with them again, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik, and then thereafter, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed the walk for Dhur and for Asr. Together, one adhan and two ikamas. Now on Mina, as we say the day before, the Nabi performed the waqt of Dhur, we said there, and Asr and Maghrib and Aisha and Fajr. Dhur was two raka'at, Asr was two raka'at, Maghrib was three raka'at, Aisha was two raka'at, and Fajr the next morning was two raka'at. Which means it is only two raka'at and, and three raka'at on, 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 on Mina. And when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to, he said not to anybody, he didn't say anything about, remember we said when he was on that two days in, in Makkah, he reminded the people, saying to them, you that is on, the, that, that stays in the area. But there was people staying around in that past, around Makkah, that, that portion as well. But he said nothing to them now. He didn't say, because they're now on Hajj with him. Mm. Now it's the Ibad of Hajj, and he didn't remind. And if anybody had to remind us, it was the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's our leader. He's a, it's expected of him to be able to remind us. And the Nabi could not have made a mistake. It's everything total perfection, because everything comes from Allah. Allah says he doesn't speak from himself. He doesn't do anything from himself. Everything is his guidance. And Jibreel, if the Nabi ought to have any at any time have made a mistake, Allah allowed that to happen to 
to show us Jibril came. But Jibril didn't come to say the Nabi, no, 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 you can't do two rakat maki. So the Nabi is showing the whole ummah, no matter what madhab you belong to, this is hajj, and you're supposed to perform it exactly as what the Nabi is, because you are doing the ibadah of hajj. Remember he said to you, take from me your pattern of hajj. You are now in the ibadah of hajj, you're not on travel now, that is nothing to do with the travel. Your ibadah of hajj is on Mina, you perform everything two rakat in its waqt. When the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was the next day for Dhuhr at after the waqt of Zawal and immediately after the Zawal, it is now the waqt of Dhuhr, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa asked Bilal to make the Adhan and immediately after the Adhan, he had to make the Iqamah. No Sunnah Salah was performed. Immediately after the Adhan, the Dua was made for the Adhan and the Iqamah had to be made. And he made the Iqamah and two rakats was made Salah by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and after the two rakats, the Nabi greeted, and the Nabi told Bilal again to stand up and make another iqamah. And he made the iqamah again, and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then made the two rakats for Asr. So immediately after Zawal, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed the, uh, performed the salah for Dhur, two rakats, one adhan and two iqamahs, and the second iqamah immediately the salah for Asr salah in the waqt, at the beginning of the waqt of Dhur. Which means we find the waqt of Dhuhr and Asr collectively together at the very beginning of the waqt of Dhuhr stretching right through. Thereafter there was no salah made by the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa for the whole day through. The whole day until the evening no salah was made by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not a fart, neither a sunnah. Now people this is imperative for to understand. Remember when you were in the Haram of Makkah, whilst we've seen in the person who performs the Hajj, right? There you can do your extra Tawaf, there you can do your extra Salah, there you can do your night Salah, there you can do your Tahajjud, there you can do, do your Sunnah Salah for whatever you feel, there you can go into the... But now you are in this great Ibadah, the greatest Ibadah, and our Nabi as the role model, as the teacher shows us, you discard Salah for now. For the Ibadah that you are in is even greater than Salah. That especially from the moment of the mm-hmm. Waqt of Zawal, from after the moment, now you're in what we call the Waqt of Wukuf. From that moment onwards, Allah is wanting, accepting you like you are, just as you are. Because you've come there with this great intention, you are in the state of Ibadah for Him, for His sake. You realize that you are there to meet Him and to have that intimacy with Him. And another no Salah is now to perform, right? So, the Nabi did not the morning, the Nabi didn't go into extra positions, but he goes into extra relationship with Allah Ta'ala and commitment with Allah through this moment. He performed the salah immediately after the salah has been performed. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gets onto his camel, faces the Sahaba Radiallahu Anhum and makes the famous, the makes the famous khutbah called the khutbah, the, 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 the farewell hajj, that, that message that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives. A people allow me, Jabir relates to us this, and tells us how important this is for us. And I probably in my weakness can, would want to say to all Hujaj, if you can have a thorough understanding of this message and even to reflect this message on Mina already 
as to how it should heat your mind when you stand on Arafah that day. And when the Imam gives a khutbah, at least you can reflect on the main points the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is given in. Because he has given it that day to the message to the whole ummah. He was speaking to each and every one of us. And if, if the Imam has to mention everything he, has, he mentions, that the Nabi has mentioned, then that will be sufficient for the whole khutbah. But the Imam also mentions the latest developments that there is, but he doesn't leave off the basics that there is of what is the Hajj, the, hud, the khutbah of the Hajj of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So let us do a, a check. And that, that goes for all. For, for, for everybody. For every Muslim. For every Hujaj, every year until Yawm al-Qiyamah, that Akbar. message was given to all of us. But the Jamil, again, if we reflect back when we look at the Arkan of Islam and we saw that Hajj is the final Rukan, we come to understand that if the main day in the life of the Nabi Sallallahu for his whole Hajj is this day, and we will listen certain things will be happening year after, you can but imagine and see how this message is for everybody. Let's listen to this message to the best of our abilities and hear what lies in this message for us and what is the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying to the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. Ya Rabb. After the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has, has uh, praised Allah and started off with, 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 with praising Allah and putting salawat upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us really your blood and your wealth are haram on you like the sacredness of this day and in this month in the sacredness of this month it is this day of Arafah like the sacredness of the day of Arafah, so is your, your wealth and your blood. And similarly, like the sacredness of this month, the month of the Hijjah. And similarly, like the sacredness of this land, the land of Makkah. It's all sacred issues. Like the sacredness of those things, so sacred is the blood of a Muslim with another Muslim and the wealth of one Muslim with another Muslim. So under no circumstances would a Muslim ever harm an ex-Muslim through his blood, through his honor, and through his wealth. You should, we should respect that for one another. And yet the Nabi said, the sacredness, your sacredness of your blood, and the Nabi doesn't refer to that day only it's sacred. We say, like the sacredness of the day, so shall your blood be for the rest of your life as Muslims until Yawm al-Qiyamah. Ya Rabbi, and then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, uh, and everything pertaining the days of, 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 of Jahiliyyah is haram for you, has come to an end, has been abolished. And it's like placed under my feet. As the ground is under my feet, it's got no value. So everything of the rules and regulations that has been there in Jahiliyyah that you've been carrying out, those things has come to an end and it's not going to be applied no more from here onwards. Now the law of Allah becomes your law and the way you live from here onwards forever and nothing of Jahiliyyah is applicable to you. You, just, you abol abolish that, you put it aside. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, the first amongst them is blood money. That there has been of what has been a process of where people owe people blood money of the past. The blood money of a person by the name of Rabia Ibn Harith, who was being nursed by the tribe of Sa'ad and was killed by Hudayl, that comes to an end. Unfortunately, 
that we are not going to go to that extent because that is in the time of Jahiliyyah, the law is of application of the blood money carries on from here onwards. The time of Jahiliyyah brings, to, brings that process to an end. The next thing that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, the taking of interest amongst you people in the days of Jahiliyyah must come to an end. Interest is not permissible in this Ummah ever. You should not entertain interest in no sense. And then the Nabi says, the first of all those interests that there is, that you've been paying for, the interest of my, my, my uncle Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, my uncle, the, the, when he borrowed money to people and he, he wanted them to pay extra on that money, and that has come to an end. Nobody pays a single cent in extra. It comes to an end. That is interest. That is haram. It's not permissible. It's not being accepted. It will never ever be accepted in this ummah again hereafter. It is all abolished and it must come to an end and it will not be applied thereafter. Then the Nabi said, I, I, remind, I reprimand you people, please fear Allah concerning your women, pertaining to your wives. Subhanak. You have taken them on the security from Allah, and they have been permit, permitted to you and given to you by Allah in the words of Allah, in Allah's words. Upon them is not to allow anyone to sit on your bed or to disappear. Uh, of who you disapprove of. Meaning, if the woman for that matter, uh, uh, the, the male needs to be able to have concern for the woman, to respect the woman, clothe the woman, protect them, and, 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 and teach them what is good for their life. But at the same time, these are your wives, so your wives must not in any stage allow anybody in your private parts, in, in your private home, part of your home or your, your bedroom, or even to allow to sit onto your bed must not be allowed. That is a necessity. This is what the Nabi says to everybody in this Ummah. He speaks, remember, it's his message to all of us. May Allah grant us to be Muslimin. But he's specifically reminding the people on Hajj. And then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam goes further. However, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, you can go to the extent to be able to give your wife a bashing lightly with a tongue. Um, to let them understand if they violate and bringing into your privacy somebody which you don't appreciate of, right? It's a necessity that your wife must be able to understand that she cannot, may not, and at no stage, if she violates, then she's then allowed you to be able to give her a bashing, right? May Allah protect. Mm -hmm. Now that bashing doesn't mean that they must be beaten up or or, or brutally hurt, hurt. Under no circumstances. And the Nabi says then, you need to feed them, you need to clothe them to the to what is understood as custom between your people. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made an important statement and he says, I've left among you things which if you adhere to it, you shall never go astray. 
Now, I think this is an important statement that Nabi is making here. And Nabi says, Kitab Allah, the book of Allah. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us thereafter, you will be questioned about me. You will be asked about me. And the Nabi they sing the Sahaba, meaning you will be asked, what are you prepared to say that moment? What shall you say? The people said, they responded to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa we be witness that you have conveyed your message. And you've done what was necessary for you to do, to carry out. And you advise us sincerely. At that stage, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa looked to the people, he raised his hand, and he said to Allah, Allahumma fashhad. The Nabi looked up into the sama, and he, as if he wanted to point to Allah, and he pointed to the people, and he says, Oh Allah ta'ala, I take you as witness for what they say. Oh Allah, I, plea, I take you as witness to be a witness to what the people are saying. Oh Allah, I, pull, I take you as witness for what the people are saying. Why? Because the other umam, most of them according to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, their people would deny them. Allahu Akbar. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allahu Akbar wa lillahi alhamd. And then, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, took a she-camel after the, the act and went off to from where he was at Mash'ar al-Haram, I mean at, at the Masjid Nambira. The Nabi moved over to the, the Mount of Arafah. On, on Arafah, the Mount, which is called Mount Rah Jabal Rahmah. Went to, went to Jabal Rahmah there and the Nabi stood at the side of Jabal Rahmah on his camel. And there, most of the, pe the people moved with him there, and they gathered there, and they performed there, standing there for the whole day long in ibadah, in relating to Allah Ta'ala. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then in the process, as the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stood there on the camel, said, I'm standing here, but you can stand anywhere on Arafah. You don't need to all come and stand here or stand on, 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 the, on the mountain, necessarily be on the mountain. You can stand anywhere around here because the Nabi didn't go onto the mountain, but he stood next to the side of the mountain, right? Or, or the hillock, probably, as we can call it, the hillock there. Um, and so we find the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi sallallahu, whilst the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was standing there, at one stage the Nabi went into a silence, the, Nabi, the sweat went on the face of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to his senses, because uh, remember when the Nabi got wahi, mm. the, the Nabi was sweating severely. Uh, and, and then Jibreel was with the Nabi, came saying wahi, and Allah revealed the ayah, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum, wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati, wa raditu lakumul islam adina. Today we've revealed for you, Al-Yawma akmaltu, we've completed for you this deen. Wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati, we have uh, sent you all the favors of what the, the, the is favors that we could have sent you. And we will only be satisfied with you when you actually submit yourself to Islam. May Allah grant us to be Muslimin. Grant us to be of those people who submit ourselves to the cause of Allah. People allow me. Um, I, I've now taken you to that moment of, of, of on Arafah. But allow me to just reflect back at the message that which we said called the Hajj of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That final 
khutbah that he gave on Arafah. Let us go and reflect there. What do we see? What is the messages that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given to the Sahaba radiallahu anhu? And we see. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, he started off with having to understand that the blood of others and the wealth of others and the dignity of others is extremely important for us. For a Muslim, my own blood, my own wealth, and my own dignity is extremely important. And similarly is the dignity, the wealth, and the blood of others. And that is how we should treat every other Muslim. May Allah grant us to become Muslims. But remember, this is the lessons for all of us. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then at the end of the day says, Let all of them present here today carry that message to those that was not here. Meaning, all of us must know what is the message. And all of us must know when we've been for Hajj, we've heard the message of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we must be able to carry that out. The next important factor is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa allows us to look at the characteristics of the people of jahiliyyah, of ignorance, what is their lifestyle? What was their customs and their cultures that they had? And the Nabi said that those things come to an end except for what Allah and His Rasul have shown you. So when you understand the difference between the culture and customs of the people and that of the law of Allah in Islam, you must be able to differentiate between what is deen and what is custom and culture. And custom and culture you're going to get no reward for because that has come to an end on the day of Arafah. It is nothing for you in life of barakah and khair. And even in your year after, you're going to get zero by Allah for all your customs and cultures that you live by. But if you live by the law of Allah and His Rasul, which they have sown send us, then that is what Allah wants for us. And on Arafah, the day of Hajj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has come to an end. Nothing of that is important. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa chooses us to understand the issue of blood money. And how we need to be able to see that blood money is a reality of life for mankind until Yawm al-Qiyamah. But that certain blood monies that has been in the time of Jahiliyyah because of Jahiliyyah customs has come to an end and the blood money for man to the rest of humanity will only be that in the commandment of what Allah and His Rasul has commanded us. May Allah protect. Amen. The next important aspect that the Nabi shows us is the aspect of understanding what interest does to us in life. Now people, we the Muslim Ummah live with interest today almost as a second thing. Many of us it is absolutely haram. It is as haram as khinzir is in our life, so haram as interest. As wine is in our life, our life as, as drugs in our life, it's absolutely haram. You're living on sin in absolute negativity. May Allah protect. Forgive me for my excitement. I want to repeat, interest has become such a norm in the life of humanity. Shaitan has gone to the extent to manipulate, to manipulate terminologies to distract us from having to understand that that which Allah has made haram the Yahud and Nasara is inviting us and we live by that standards but that is darkness says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is fire in our bellies and fire in the bellies of our children and our families may Allah protect oh, all of us amen, amen. may Allah forgive us for our shortcomings and guide us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah and so people, if you do not mind, we see the importance of interest. And the Nabi then goes and indicates to us that his uncle by the name of Abbas gave monies to people and then took a certain amount back and more than that. Sometimes double, sometimes a small portion amount of that. 
But anything, if you borrow to somebody something, you can only expect to get exactly that back. back. Nothing more than that can be. Can you expect to get back? May Allah protect all of us, inshallah. <laughs> May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings and make us of those people who understand. This issue of interest people is such a dangerous thing. That in one hadith, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us that if you allow interest to be taken or give it, it's like somebody who, in actual fact, abuses his mother, zinas with his own mother, mm. subhanak, with his own mother, 33 times. If he does it once. If he, does, he accepts the process of interest, it's such a dangerous description of Allah. In another place in the Holy Quran, Allah says, wait. If you satisfy yourself to live by the level of interest, we're going to destroy you, we're going to break you down to the extent you are fighting, you're picking up a war with Allah and His Messenger. May Allah protect. May Allah forgive us for our shortcomings. People, the issue is serious. We can understand the reason why our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa have chosen to choose these amongst many others. Then the Nabi went to a very serious matter. And this has lived through life, through the ages that Allah speaks about. Our Nabi sallallahu speaks about the concern that we need to have on our woman folk. The concern that we need to have on our woman folk. Yes, I probably need to say to our woman folk, yes, woman, Allah is giving you the honor and dignity that you as a woman must be respected by your husbands. But you as a woman, Allah speaks to you as well in this hadith via the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Understand? You must see that you respect your husbands. When they command you with anything that they ask of you, see that you implement that to, to the best of your ability. Do not violate that. But the importance is that the men necessity should not violate because they need to know they got married to their wives in the message of Allah and Allah has allowed them to be able to get, give them permission to live with that wives as, as, as halal wives for them. And then... After having said that important it is it on the woman that they should not allow anybody in the privacy or in the company of that of your husband or of yourself if your husband is not satisfied with that. May Allah grant all of us, all of us to be able to see to the extent that the Nabi says, if your wife is of those type, who is adamant, who wants to do it her way, you don't tell me. And we live with that processes of women today and they want to be in charge then you have the right to beat them. I repeat, don't get me wrong. It's not beating. The Nabi wanted to let the woman understand. Don't you be arrogant. Don't be hard. Get yourself in your place. Be a decent lady. Be respectable by yourself. Be honorable. Be dignified. Recognize yourself as a woman. Not as a bossy person. Not as in charge. And don't tell me. And I'll show them. That is of satanic processes. That is of disgust and disgrace. You just belittle yourself. And forgive me for this one. It's our Nabi saying all this to us. It's our Nabi's message. It is the message of Allah. Given to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Giving to this whole ummah. May Allah open the path for us. Amen. Talking Point on 91.3 FM Stereo. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us what a man is supposed to give to his wife, such as food and clothing, and cover her. 
And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa allowed us to, to understand the last aspect of our life is we need to hold fast to the Qur'an. It is the most important thing. The f- Qur'an is the first reference, our, in- our, our, our intermediate reference, and our final reference. It is the reference for our success in dunya, our qabr, and our akhirah. And the Nabi says to us, you will never ever go astray. If you hold fast to that which I have left between amongst you. And then the Nabi وسلم, reminded us of himself and asked us, what are we going to do and with reference to all of us? The Sahaba has just spoken on our behalf at the beginning. When Nabi says, what are they going to say? What are you and I going to say? The question is now today for me and you. What are we going to say when Allah is going to ask us about this Nabi? Allah grant us to be Muslim so that we can probably answer the question properly Yawm al-Qiyamah or in the Qabr when it's been be asked with us what do you say about that person that was sent to you? Ya Rabb May Allah grant us of those people who follow the path of Allah to the best of our ability Be obedient to Allah and carry it out to the best of our ability inshaAllah Could I ask something Shaykh? I've been listening now that was the and and it is I think in most Muslim homes you come there, the last khutbah of the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Did the Nabi also not touch on when it comes to looking down on one another? An Arab has no right over an un-Arab. Uh, uh, I always interpret that as meaning as to us as Muslims. Yes. Don't have racial instincts within you. Uh, that's the bottom line for me, uh, the, exactly the way I listen to it. The Jamil, if you look at the beginning, the very beginning of the khutbah, it is all, all enhancing that, that message is all in there. That under no circumstances would any Muslim believe himself better than the next Allah, Muslim. Allah, Allah. Not your color, not your creed, not your wealth, not your status, not your position. And not from which family you belong or what tribe you belong. Or, 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 or whether you are king or whether you have wealth. No, you should, you should immediately respect a next human being as a human. And especially if he's a Muslim, you need to be able to give him the honor and the dignity. Now, the Jameen must probably be here, sorry for me, may I say, is apartheid out of our hearts already? Or are we strong in our hearts about apartheid still? Do we, is our hearts clean with black people, with dark people? Or, or are we only honor and respect white people? I, I, is that our mentality? It's a big concern, Sheikh. And many of us would say, uh, blame it on apartheid because they've uh, they've indoctrinated that into us, and I'm saying no. Exactly, Allah's yeah. created you as a human being, not as an animal or some machine that you got to think. And and as a Muslim, I find it abhorrent yes. when I hear the terms, be, the K word being used freely. Other other people, most of the times, it's because of a darker you than me. Then we look down on them, we <laughs> despise <laughs> them, <laughs> and it must be a great sin in the <laughs> <eyes of laughs> um, And that's why the judgment, we don't have the right as Muslims. And if you look at, as we say, we look at the message of the Nabi <laughs> we see that what type of mentality is needed for somebody who wishes to go for Hajj? What are you supposed to have in your heart, in your mind, when you deal with people? Can you look at a person because of the wealth or the status of the or can you expect people to give you honor because of your status or position or, on, or your, where you come from? Under no circumstances. Don't think yourself better than anybody because you're the children of Mandela. Please, under no circumstances. Or because you come from South Africa, or you come from a rich family, 
or you've got some status in, 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 in the community, it means nothing in front of Allah Ta'ala. And thus, the state of ihram and the state of hajj wants to bring us to total simplicity. And we see this in the act of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he addresses everybody the same. He makes him understand that each and every one of us is exactly this. No difference between us. No, don't think yourself. No, even if a person was a slave under no normal circumstances, don't look at him down. And don't think yourself, Ik was geboren slums, nie. So ik is a lanka muslim, so I, 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 to me, it's a bad word that I just said now to me. As a message of fluke word that I can say that the word slums, because, Mag Allah was bewaard, that is slums, wait, what do we see? When us is slums, it was given bad terminologies given to us. Mag Allah was maak muslimin. And allow us to strive to become righteous muslimin. And strive to develop in the levels of, from Islam to Iman to Ihsan. Ya Rab, in this dunya and for our akhirah, inshallah. As I say, we, we break, Sheikh, in our constitutional democracy. Mm. We are now the rainbow nation. Yes. As it go on Hajj and you see Islam, Muslims are the rainbow nation. You rub shoulders with human beings of different colors and hues. You have no choice. Um, that is your brothers and your sisters. Allahu Akbar. Allah. That you mean so beautifully, Allah says, "Innamal mu'minuna ikhwatu." All the mus, all the Muslims of this world, pitch black, blue, yellow, green, ab, no, aubergine. You name the colors, you mean? You are one ummah. You are one brethren, one brotherhood. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us to develop that sense of true Islam. Inshallah. Mm. The Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That was his last khutbah. Uh. He was then worried. How long ago is that? Not probably new. The strifes, how we are going to strive and fight with one another with what we are seeing Allah today. Akbar, ya Rabbi, na'udhu Looking down on each other. Ya Rabbi, I think they must enlarge on that the last goodbye. <laughs> and that everybody at home can see and constantly look and read it. Yes. Sometimes I say, we've got so many things at home that is on the wall. But it's just there on the wall. It doesn't move from the wall into our hearts, into our lives. And that is the purpose for Islam, to be able to bring these things alive into us. So that in actual fact, we take it from its theory to its practical. Ya Rabb. Our Nabi was not a theoretical Nabi. His job was to do the theory, to pass the theory over to us. That was his job. But his major job was to be able to be the personified version of that theory. How to see that theory in human life. Not in film, but in reality. How a human being can apply this law of Allah and it's not impossible for us. Nothing of that law. It is the easiest law. Very simple. Some total simplicity. If only we want to live to that level. May Allah grant us khair and barakah inshallah. Tajameer. Um, I, I know our time is running out against us. May Allah grant us khair and barakah. But uh, uh, I hope to be able to, to bring this because we're coming to the very end of this, uh, the, the hadith of Jabir ibn Abdullah. And, and, and many of the scholars say there's much of khair and barakah for us in this. But inshallah, Jamil, I think uh, what we've covered with is enough for now. Let's hope that we can miss what we end off with in our next session, inshallah. Amen. Amen. Shukran for that, Sheikh. And again, it's been an absolute pleasure. Sheikh, I know many people still ask me, Sheikh runs a Hajj class. Yeah. And it's at uh, the Maruf Center the Maruf in Bridgetown. People wanting to find out, well, there, there's no website or so. Is there a telephone number? There's telephone numbers, Jamil. Okay. Um, the, 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 the one number is, uh, if you feel you, they want to use this number as, as, as 084. 084. 398. 398. 
The other number, um, 076. Yes, sir. 071 071 0970 0970 Yes Yes, I'm sure I can't remember numbers like this out of memory anymore But a big appeal to our listeners If you do want to find out more about the Gats classes that Sheikh conducts at the Maruf Center That's on a Wednesday, Sheikh? On a Wednesday Wednesday evening Then please, when you use these numbers, keep it only to that Sheikh is very busy during the day Sheikh doesn't want calls on social issues that you need to give an answer on or other avenues and maybe if you don't sit in the Chads class with Sheikh, uh, Sheikh would at the end of the day uh, entertain it. So it's, it's a very, it's an appeal from me, Kanala, trying to restrict it merely to wanting to find out more about the Chads classes that Sheikh contacts. Sheikh, once more, shukran for your time. Of one, does you mean if I can end up yes, just certainly. with a very short note by reminding our people what we're doing in this on radio is very, very short compared to the extent we only ignite processes here, hoping that you will go and sit in the class, that this can actually stir, stir you the positivity, allow you to develop so much more and develop and grow to the extent that Allah can grant those people who go for Hajj to obtain Hajj Maqbul and Mabrur mm-hmm. and bring back all the khair and barakah to the communities so that Allah can benefit us for our successes in the future, inshallah. I mean, especially those who are now with Sauk and they are on the waiting list, which I believe is a lengthy one. Yeah, I need you with the lessons that Sheikh here conducts to really ponder, you know. Are you ready for Hajj? And if not, you've got time to brush up on it. You know, make sure that all, all the other pillars of Islam is in place. Sheikh, once more, shukran very much. And I said you, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.